may have to separate you two. No, she's trying to give you one. There you go. Yep. Yeah, bless the palms. You don't read bless them. The lips of children may sweet hosannas ring. You are the King of Israel and David's royal son. Now in the Lord's name come our King and blessed All glory, Lord, and honor to the Redeemer King, to whom the lips of children may sweet hosannas ring, the company of angels is praising you on high. And we with all creation in corporate reply. All glory, Lord, and honor to the Redeemer King, to whom the lips of children made sweet hosannas ring. The multitude of pilgrims with palms before you went. Our praise and prayer and anthems before you we present. All glory, loud and honor to you, Redeemer King, to whom the lips of children may sweet hosannas ring. 
glory, Lord, and honor to you, Redeemer King, to whom the lips of children made sweet hosannas ring. Receive their praises, accept the prayers we bring. In the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities with which I have ever offended you, and justly deserved your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them, and sincerely repent of them, and I pray you of your boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of thy beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor, sinful being. Upon this your confession, I, by virtue of my office, as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God unto all of you, and in his stead, and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But you, O Lord, do not be far off, O you, my help, come quickly to my aid. Save me from the mouth of the lion, you have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen. see me mock me they make mouths at me they wag their heads
Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there is none to help. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. But you, O Lord, do not be far off. O you, my help, come quickly to my aid. Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. The royal banners forward go. The cross shows forth redemption's flow, where he by whom our flesh was made, our ransom in his flesh has paid. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you sent your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, to take upon himself our flesh and to suffer death upon the cross. Mercifully grant that we may follow the example of his great humility and patience and be made partakers in his resurrection. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with thee and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. The Old Testament lesson for this Palmarum, Palm Sunday, is written in the ninth chapter of the prophet Zechariah, beginning at the ninth verse. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion, and shout for joy, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted upon a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. I will cut off the chariot from Ephraim, the warhorse from Jerusalem, and the battle bow shall be cut off, and he shall speak peace to the nations. His rule shall be from sea to sea, and from the river to the ends of the earth. As for you also, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Return to your stronghold, O prisoners of hope. Today I declare that I will restore to you double. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. You hold my right hand. 
You guide me with your counsel, and afterward you receive me into your glory. Truly God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. The epistle lesson is written in the second chapter of St. Paul's letter to the church at Philippi, beginning at the fifth verse. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God as a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a slave, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself to become obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed upon him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, and every in, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? In you our fathers trusted. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried and were rescued. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. Holy Gospel is written in the 21st chapter of St. Matthew, beginning at the first verse. Glory be to thee, O Lord. When Jesus and those who followed him drew near to Jerusalem and came to the Bethphage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will Find a donkey tied in a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord hath need of them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill that which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted upon a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt. And put their garments upon them, and he sat thereon. Most of the crowd spread their garments on the road, and others cut down branches from trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds went before him, and those that followed him shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest! And when he entered Jerusalem, all the city was stirred, saying, Who is this? And the crowd said, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. This is the gospel of the Lord. 
Praise be thee, O Christ. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation, came down from heaven, and was incarnate by the Holy Ghost of the Virgin Mary, and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the Scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spake by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. And I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Right on, right on in majesty. Then a cry, a Savior meek for pursue drums and scattered garments strewed. Right on, right on in majesty. In lowly pomp, right on to die. O Christ, thy triumph now begin. O captive death and conquered sin. Right on, right on in majesty. The angel armies of the sky. Look down with sad and wandering eyes to see the approaching sacrifice. Ride on, ride on in majesty. Thy last and fiercest strife is nigh. The Father on his sapphire throne. 
the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. I'll mispronounce his name, but he was, his name was Nicholas Fauché, I believe, you know, as I butcher French. He was the surintendant des finances since 1653. He had served uh, Louis XIV's father, and now he served Louis XIV. And he managed the taxation and expenditure of France, its internal trade. He had gotten rid of a lot of uh, internal boundaries. He had strengthened uh, the commerce of the French overseas. He had dutifully shared also in the spoils with his tax farmers because, you see, the French in the 1600s were really not that different from the Romans in how they did taxes. They would hire uh, like independent contractors, and then these guys would basically wring as much money out of people as they could, and they get to kept, they keep the difference. And this guy, Fouché, was really, really corrupt. He had sticky fingers. And, uh, and, and he demonstrated how corrupt he was in 1657 when he engaged the architect Louis Laveau, the painter Charles Lebrun, and the landscape artist André Lenotre to design and build and decorate an immense, magnificent Chateau Val-le-Vicomte, a projected, which a project which employed 18,000 men and cost 18 million livres. Now, what's a livre? Well, livre in, in, in France at this time was one pound of silver sterling. So he used 18 million of these to build his estate, which was basically the, the, the area of three villages. And he filled it with paintings and sculptures and object de art, and a library of 27,000 volumes. And he brought in poets like Corneille and Moliere and La Fontaine to grace his salon. And young King Louis XIV was not happy about it. He was making his boss look bad. He was making his boss look bad. He was outshining the boss. And to kind of put the exclamation point on that outshining the boss thing, in August 17, 1661, Fauché invited the young king to a seat at Vaux. Six and 6,000 of, uh, of his closest friends, they were served on 6,000 plates of silver and gold, and Moliere presented in the gardens his play Les Fauchus, and the evening cost Fauché 120,000 livres, or 31 million $569,600 from 2014. It's worth a lot more now. But um, that's what he spent on a one-night party. And the king, the young king at the time, was probably about 18, and he almost had him arrested on the spot. What his mother said, oh, please, don't ruin a good evening. So he waited a couple months, and then he had him thrown in prison for the rest of his life. And, he, and why, why did Louis the why did Louis the Fourteenth do this? Because he said the man was stealing above his station. In other words, he was making he was making the boss look bad. And that's never a good idea to make the boss look bad. It's never a good idea to outshine your boss. Never, never a good idea. And that's the reason why on Palm Sunday. When the crowds are following Jesus, going in front of them, going behind him, and there's this big procession that's that this that they're crying out, you know, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When they're doing this, 
the people that are the leadership in Jerusalem, when they see this, they decide Jesus must die because he is outshining them. He cannot be allowed to continue, right? It was, it was okay when Jesus was sort of this, this religious sort of novelty out in the wilderness or in the villages of Galilee or, or walking around the desert areas of Judea. That was fun. But now that the crowds in the capital are praising him more than they're praising the elites, now Jesus has got to go. He's making them look bad. He's outshining them. And this was not something that just happened. This wasn't the first time this occurred. Make no mistake, this has been going on for a while. And the elites are many things in, in Judea, but stupid is not one of them. They knew this was going on. At the feeding of the 5,000 in John 6, verse 15, we read how Jesus perceived that they would come, they were about to come and take him by force and make him a king. And he departed again unto the mountain alone by himself. In other words, in other words, the people were already thinking, there are many people in Judea already thinking, you know, we really need a king, and this guy would be the guy we would hire. And now he becomes a threat to those who are ruling. And it's never good to be a threat to the boss. Never. And Jesus is. In fact, this was one of the charges that's leveled against Jesus on Good Friday, Right? I mean, and Jesus has to refute this charge because Jesus says to Pontius Pilate, he says, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my followers would fight that I not be handed over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from here. And Pontius Pilate, the procurator under, the, under, under Tiberius Caesar, is not a fool. He understands that Jesus is no threat to Caesar. And that's the reason why he seeks to release him. In fact, his wife, Claudia, warned him, don't, you stay away from this man, Pilate. He's poison. He's dangerous. And he sought to release him. But then again, the elites of Jerusalem, they double down. And they, and they basically make it clear that if Pilate lets Jesus go, they're going to go to his boss and accuse Pilate of treason. Because if you let this man go, they said, you are not Caesar's friend. Because no one who sets himself up as a king is a friend of Caesar. True. So clearly we see Jesus... Clearly, Jesus now, we can we see, is being seen as deeply, profoundly problematic to the chief priests, the scribes, and the Pharisees. And if the Hebrew crowds follow Jesus, then they're not going to follow them. And all their privileges, and all their wealth, and all their livelihoods are based on the crowd deferring to the scribes, and the Pharisees, and the chief priests. So that can't be allowed to stand. That's, and this is exactly why. Have you ever wonder why? Have you ever wonder why the world hates Christianity? This is the reason. This is the reason. That's why Christ, Christ, Christ and Christianity are hated today. By our own ruling elites. Right? Because, because what do we desire? We desire the same thing that the people in Palm Sunday desired. They wanted Hosanna in the highest from Jesus. They wanted, they wanted that from him, which literally one of the meanings of that word is save us right now. Please save us. And we want the same thing. We want salvation. Don't we? We want to be saved from our fears of this world and, and our fears of death. And that's what the people are asking for. They're asking for salvation. Save us, save us, please save us now. As in Psalm 118.25, 
And right after we sit, you know, we pray, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and is glad in it. The next verse is, save now, I beseech thee, O Lord. This day save me. Or in Psalm 106, 47, where the psalmist sings, save us, O Lord, our God, and gather us from the nations that we may give thanks to thee and your holy name, that we may glory in your praise. And this is the first reason Jesus, both then and today, must die. It's why his church is, 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 is shut down in the liquor stores and the casinos are left open in a pandemic. Because the Roman elites then and our own elites now realize that if we fear God, we will not fear them. They want us afraid. They've always wanted us afraid. Because fear is one of the most, is one of the most persuasive motivators for people. They don't love you, at least they'll fear you. And, Peter, and Caesar ruled the world through both fear and love. And he saw himself as the people's savior, just as our own modern states see themselves as our own secular messiahs, promising to give us this day our daily bread and through government action deliver us from, from what the ruling classes think are, are evil. Yes, Jesus' opponents, both then and now, correctly see Jesus' popularity as a diversion and a challenge and a threat to their own positions. In fact, in fact, the, the Jesus' opponents said that. They said, if Jesus is, su- is successful, the Romans will come and take away our place. We'll lose our stature. And then that, that's why the high priest Caiaphas said, he gave counsel to the Jews that it would be expedient, therefore, that one man should die for the people. You can almost hear the, the tongue of the serpent flicking out as he says those words, can't you? Because if the people made Jesus their king, the Roman legions would inevitably come and crush them. That's not false. In 70 AD, the, Roman, the, the Jews actually tried that with a, with a different, different supposed Messiah. And the Romans did exactly that. Secondly, the crowds, which are very large, are praising Jesus. Because that's the other meaning of Hosanna is praise. It just means to be praised. And, and, and this is the second problem, right? This is the second problem for the rulers of Judea and the rulers of the ancient, ancient and modern worlds is that, is that the ruler always wants you to be, be popular with you because as long as he's popular with you, as long as you're praising him or her, right? As long as they're being praised, then, then there's no revolution afoot. Right? I mean, the French Revolution, the guillotines that, that eventually brought down the Anshan regime of France, how did that happen? Well, there wasn't enough food to eat. There was an economic disaster. The economy was destroyed. That's how the guillotines got, in, got, got erected in the, in the town squares in France. And the elites know this. And so if the people are praising Jesus and saying Hosanna to Jesus, then they're not saying Hosanna to them. And they know this. And that's why Jesus must die must die because we can't have them we can't have popularity going to god we can't especially if people understand that jesus comes to save them really save them if that happens then no one will look to them for salvation for for the counterfeit salvation because why would you want to why would you adopt a counterfeit when you get the real thing correct 
And that's why Christianity is always under such vigorous assault. That's why every Easter around the world for the last, I don't know, several decades, you'll see stories about how churches are bombed and Christians are murdered. Because if we love Jesus Christ and we know that we're saved by grace through faith, apart from works, then we will not fear death. We will see death for what it is to the believer as simply the doorway into paradise. And unafraid people are not good to have around. That was the problem with Luther, right? That was the problem at the time of Luther. I mean, why do you think Luther got into the mess he got into? It wasn't because people were coming to him going, oh, those, those indulgences, they're, they're charging us for indulgences. No, no, people were excited. They're like, man, we're, we're buying indulgences. We don't have to worry about going to hell or going to purgatory. We can buy these indulgences. But as soon as Jesus, as soon as Luther began to explain that Jesus, you know, is, is our Savior and he saves us by grace through faith and is the gift of God, lest anyone should boast, then the people weren't buying indulgences. And they offered to buy Luther off. They offered to give him a cardinal's hat. He could have been a cardinal of the church, potentially one of the candidates for the Pope himself at some point. And he turned it down because he said salvation is more important than that. Because as Jesus Christ makes very clear, no one can serve two masters. You can't serve God and mammon. And so on Jesus' Palm Sunday entrance into Jerusalem, The rulers of this world are legitimately terrified because a real Christian is very frightening to those who don't believe in God. You know, the the French thinker Blaise Pascal, who who was from the same period of Louis XIV, you know, he makes the observation in his pensées, that it is vain, O oh man, that you seek for the answer to, to what you need outside, you know, within yourself or in the world. It's only with God that the answer lies with you. And how did he come to that, 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 that conclusion? When his carriage hung off a bridge over a thousand-foot gorge, and he was hanging on for his dear life, and he realized that his only hope was Jesus. And he's our only hope as well. And you know what the tragedy of it is? With the Palm Sunday and the Good Friday and this whole, this whole Holy Week. He said Jesus came to even save those leaders in Jerusalem. He came to save even the elites. As John makes very clear that Christ did not, the Father did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Jesus came for all the lost sheep of the house of Israel. All of it. He came to give all forgiveness. As we study in Bible class today, God allowed all to go into sin, that he might redeem all. In fact, we see this on Good Friday, where Jesus, as he's dying on the cross, as he's being murdered by his enemies, he cries out, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Uh, Jesus is not our enemy. He's our Savior. A savior who comes and wonderfully and willingly dies so that we who are under a judgment of eternal death will live. He accepts us, though we reject him. And we receive Jesus' acceptance as we are baptized in, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So that when we see the water in the font, we are reminded that we are born again through that, that womb of Christ's bride, the church called baptism. 
as Christ declares to us the forgiveness of our sins and holy absolution, just as all of you confessed your sins just a little while ago and you heard the absolution declared unto you from Christ. It wasn't from me. It was from Jesus. We taste it in holy communion and we read it also in scripture. And so I would say to you, my brothers and sisters, that this, this Palm Sunday, let us join with the crowds that are cutting down the branches and laying their garments on the road. Let us praise the Savior who brings us salvation and redeems us from our sins. In the name of Jesus, amen. So please uh, note the blue news for this week. We've got a lot going on. This is, of course, Holy Week. And um, so catechism is meeting on Wednesday. We're going to put the final touches on everything. If you're not finished your memorization, it needs to be done Wednesday. We've got to get this done. And, and I would try to knock it out sooner. Just call me, text me, whatever. Um, if you're still testing, uh, we'll get it done. 
And um, so, but Wednesday we have confirmation, normal time. Then Thursday, Monday, Thursday at 11.30 and 7. But only the foot washing and the altars are being uh, stripped at 7, 7 o'clock service. And catechumens all need to be at the 7 p.m. service. Uh, Good Friday, catechumens can come into either service. Uh, we'll have, 11, I guess, at 11.30 and 7. And then the vigil on Saturday is at 7, begins at 7. And that is, so if uh, we have a baptism, you know, or if we have a confirmation, y'all need to be at that no later than 6.30 so that we can make sure that you're in line correctly when we process in. And then, of course, uh, next Sunday is Easter. So it's the Feast of the Resurrection of our Lord. And um, so just to, just to let you know on that, we, we are having an Easter breakfast that the youth puts on as a thank you to the rest of the parish. So if you're a youth parent or related to a youth parent or you're just a nice person and want to help, I am told by the powers that be that we need more egg casseroles. Need more egg casseroles, Luke. Okay. So, so if you, you ask yourself, do I, have I signed up for an egg casserole? If the answer is no, then kindly consider, prayerfully consider, which I mean do it, just make one. Thank you. And you can talk to, um, you know, our, the Ramoses, our youth leaders, or um, let me know, and I'll, I'll funnel the information to the Ramoses. Um, but just let us know. That would be great. Um, i trying to think if there's anything else. We have several prayer requests today. Um, one is for um, a, a, a somebody by the name of Terry uh, Kad, Kadzar, I believe is his name. He had a heart attack. He's related to one of our uh, members of our parish. And, and, and somebody from the parish is asking for prayer anonymously for him. Then also uh, the Gallardis asked that we pray for Tony's Aunt Mary. Is that right, Tony? Okay, excellent. And uh, also, as some of y'all know, Don Osbacher was is back in the hospital this week. I saw him yesterday. He's uh, doing better, but you know he's still going to be in several more days. So let's pray for Don. And then also, uh, one of our members, Ed Chant, had a small stroke this week, so he asked that we pray for him as well. Um, also, uh, and Doris Callies, I think, is still up upstate uh, Alabama with her with her daughter. She she had a fall, but is doing much better. The Lord be with you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord for the peace that is from above and for the well-being of the churches of Christ and the godly unity of all Christendom. Let us pray to the Lord for this holy house and for those who in faith, piety, and the fear of God offer here their worship and praise. Let us pray to the Lord for Matthew and Eric, our shepherds and bishops in Christ. For our pastors and teachers and all people, let us pray to the Lord. For our nation and all our people, for our president and Congress, our governor and legislature, our judges and magistrates, and all who serve in public office, let us pray to the Lord. For the sick and the sorrowing, for those who mourn, for those who are in need and distress, for the homebound, and all those who are infirm, especially we pray this day for Doris and Ed, Mary, Mary Alice and Mark, Eddie and Norma, Kim and Suzette, for Jennifer and Jackie, Tony and Diane, Hunter and Chris, Gail and Marion, Clayton and Meredith, for James and George and Larry, Dean and Earl, for Suzette and Bob, 
for Mallory and Mark, Hank and Sandy, for Megan and Isaac and Haley and Jay, for Tracy and Patty, Cecil and Michelle, Carl and Karen, for Jimmy and Tina, Ainsley and Kevin, for Ron and Mary Ellen, Ryan and Natalie, Thelma and Jesse, for Ralph and Theo, Easton and uh, Jamie, Audra, Francis Grace, Hugh, Waylon and Ryan. And we also pray for the families of our parish who mourn, especially the Tatum and Rogers family, the Teckle family, the Gross family, the Florientic and Parsons family, the, the Freeman family, the Nielsen family, the Osbacher and Swartz family, the Gallardi family, the Whitfield family, the Gershenslager family, the Johnston and Williams family, the Bird and Ulrich family, the Givens family, and the Miles family. We pray, Heavenly Father, also for those in, in our service to our country's armed forces, especially Riley, Paul, Turner, Paul, Hayden, Mike. And we also pray for all of our university students, including Colleen, Noah, Harrison, and John, Katie, and Dylan, Audrey, and Dylan, Sarah, Jason, Jacob, Minnie, and Aiden. And we pray, Heavenly Father, also for those to whom death is drawing near and for us all, that when our last hour shall come, we may depart this life in the confidence of the sure faith, the consolation of a right, devout, and holy hope, and also, um, and, and also in the... Right? Let us pray to the Lord. We have um, we have a prayer request today for um, let us pray for Tony, I mean for Terry rather, and for Mary, for Don and Ed. Almighty and everlasting God, the eternal salvation of them that believe, hear our prayers on behalf of thy servants, Don and Ed, Mary and Terry, for whom we offer up our supplications. We pray that you'll look upon them with thy grace. And we pray um, for, uh, that you would uh, heal them so that, and restore them to their former health so that they may render thanks to thee in thy church. We ask this through the merits and mediation of Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with thee and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. We also um, pray for uh, peace in the world during this time of crisis. Most loving and gracious Lord and God, who for our many grievous sins art sorely displeased to chasten us, we flee to thy tender mercies and bodily compassion, that thou would bring peace in the world between nations, especially in the conflict between Russia and the Ukraine. We pray for a peaceful outcome that is pleasing to you, Heavenly Father. We pray uh, this, uh, that you would be gracious unto us as well, that we would not be drawn into it, nor other, any other nation, and that this conflict would end. We ask this for the sake of Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with thee in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever.